Hello, welcome to episode 16 of the Between Two Tales podcast. My name is Kevin. I don't have my glasses today. I'm with my co-host Dave. Thank you for all the returning viewers and new subscribers. So Dave, why don't you update the newbies what we do on this show? Yes. For those of you who are new and never seen anything like this before, what you're about to witness is a full story from beginning to end created in an hour and a half from five randomly generated words. Now, those words you will see in a second, once we get started, Kevin will pull up those words, the random generator, he'll generate the words. You'll see it the second we see it. And at that point, the timer begins and we have to start, come up with some kind of story incorporating those words. It can be in the script-ish version. It can be a theme. It could be so many different ways of how we can use those words. And like I said, it's going to be, the words are randomly generated. The script is going to be put to the script. I don't know why I keep saying script, God. What's going on with me today? The story is going to be put together in the moment. And then at the end, we're going to have, as Kevin always says, our AI overlords, we're going to compete against our AI overlords. I'll let Kevin That's right. tell you what that means. And actually a new version of it has come out. Oh. There's a tool called ChatGPT and version four is out right now. So we're going to give mm. it the same prompts that we have to see what story it spits out. Maybe version four is a superior to version three, but so far we haven't lost yet. So. I'm going to pull up these randomly generated words, this random generator. We're going to generate our words and we're going to get started. Ready? Version four, Kev? Version four. Okay. We'll find out if we have a run for our money on this story. That's and so right. Will everyone watching. Version four. Okay. That's right. All right. One spin. Timer has begun. Flavor favor. Flavors, rhymes flavor saver and of course we had flavor with chocolate it's got some synergy in these words reproduce and acquaintance flavor favor chocolate reproduce and acquaintance and acquaintance i mean th these words are you know between flavor and chocolate those kind of go together was it reproduce was it was one of the words this sounds like a Valentine's story already. You know, it does. And the funny <laughs> thing is, I don't think we really have made a, like, first of all, we haven't made a true love story. And I'm not even sure. I don't even watch. So that's like a rom-com or one of those type of things. I don't even really watch rom-coms. I don't either. Well, we sort of made a love story back in like episode 13, the couple that woke up in two different bodies and had to find each other. That's the closest. Yeah, that was the closest. Yeah. Or we just make a, a crazy story where we have a chocolatier goes on a revenge killing spree to get the other chocolatiers. Yeah. He said, you're not going to steal this flavor. Willy Wonka in the psych ward. <laughs> yeah. A, another version of Willy Wonka. That's right. Favor, you know, obviously you know, helping someone out. Yeah. Helping yeah, someone favor. out. Acquaintance might be interesting. You know, this person, this thing, this whatever the story is, will meet someone, make an acquaintance, and it turns out that acquaintance 
plays a larger role without them knowing in the story. Let's see. All right, we drop chocolates filled with cocaine. A bear eats it and starts mauling everybody. Chocolate cocaine bear. Yeah, we're going to do that. Might as well just do like a... All right. You know how they say... All right, you know how it's common knowledge. It should be common knowledge that dogs aren't allowed to eat chocolate because, like, too much is too toxic, right? Yeah. What if this whole time in our life this has been a myth and the reason why you don't give dogs too much chocolate is because they turn into they go they revert back to their wolf-like ancestors and cause mayhem and carnage and so i don't know where i'm going with this but it's just interesting and so like they start to reproduce making more these wolf babies instead of like dogs like they're starting to go back to the wolves uh-huh it's just an idea and it's like man against dog all right yeah, i was thinking <laughs> what's that what's that What's that movie where, like, the gremlins or goblins, you can't feed them after a certain amount, a certain time period, or they'll also turn into some crazy things? Yeah, I vaguely remember that. So if you feed your dog this certain chocolate, flavor of chocolate, it'll turn into a wolf demon and start terrorizing. Terrorizing and neighborhood. It could. And it's nothing, it's as simple as a wolf demon dog named Kevin is going out terrorizing this poor neighborhood and it's we're kind of making a thriller horror it's like a thriller horror flick it all takes place inside this dog hotel this doggy hotel everyone's bringing you know those giant doggy spas yeah everyone's bringing their in they're like oh we got this new chocolate flavored dog food (laughs) and that and they feed it to the dogs, and they all go nuts. And everyone in the hotel has to hide from these uh, rabid dogs that are hunting in packs. And maybe there's a uh, there's one dog that didn't eat the food, and that's the acquaintance. He helps them. Well, it can just be very much like man against dog, right? So it's like instead of so man against dog or whatever this evilness is, and the protagonist can be a human, and the acquaintance is another human that helps save the lives of the other caretakers in this doggy hotel or at the pound or something. I don't know. He helps him before he gets eaten up himself. So that's one idea. I'm going to call it sinister doggy hotel dog. Hell inspired by cocaine bear. Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. Can also do, can also just make it like a hitman story likes chocolate, like chocolate, maybe Somehow chocolate is like the only thing in his life that he enjoys or whatever. And uh, it's a place of smaller de- detail, but maybe he's sent on an assignment to go after somebody who, and then reproduce could be interesting in, in this aspect. Cause like maybe sometime in the future, I mean, he's not a hitman. Maybe he's like bounty hunter or, or something like this, but not necessarily with the law, but uh, he's uh, sent on assignment to go after the CEO or, you know, whoever the scientist or whoever this person is who has power who's like reproducing something that he shouldn't be reproducing for humanity's sake or whatever. And, uh, and it's kind of this story of a hitman in the future, you know, flying cars type deal, I guess, and Hyperloop rails. And he's going after this guy or gal. And these uh, the, our general words just kind of fit into it, right? Flavor, you know, we have a scene where goes to get some food 
then he gets attacked or something, blah, blah. Acquaintance can really work really easy into that story because he's going to be meeting so many new people anyways. So he'll make an acquaintance. But, you know, just a futuristic versus whatever type film versus, you know, new tech, futuristic hitman story. That's interesting. About like a futuristic samurai with like a laser sword, kind of like a lightsaber, but maybe a little bit cooler. Like it's more, it still retains that traditional samurai sword look, but it's of pure energy or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. an energy sword. I'm, I'm with you. You can be a hitman, an assassin, or a... Yeah. This is ninja assassin in the future. <laughs> yeah. You can be a hitman. I'm just thinking of his character now. Maybe it comes across a chocolate that he hasn't had since his childhood or something. At Ooh, some point. Yeah. Before. Maybe the cocoa... What do you call it? The cocoa bean is extinct. And yeah, maybe, uh, maybe chocolate. It's a very, like, rare. Very rare. Yeah, because it's just, everyone thought it was extinct, you know? Yeah, it's like more than the price of gold. I mean, so, maybe in this world, a lot of things are no longer accessible to get just because, you know, those who have wealth and power, or whatever, like, yeah, they can afford it and they'll hoard it. But, like, to your everyday person, it's just too much. Like, you just can't get this stuff, you know? Right. Right, right, right. So, it's, like, this futuristic ninja assassin story, which is, I think is kind of cool. And, you know, he can have, like, new age tech. Like, this is a samurai sword. And, like, but we shouldn't limit him to only, like, that's. He's got like, a sword. He, He's got a sword gun. He uses that, but, like, he also, like, you know has some other weapons like some knives like throwing stars or something or a gun or something like this but you know just other tech like maybe then they use like these more laser guns and then he still uses like old school like guns with like bullets and whatnot yeah or he, he just fights with like swords and like old school weapons and he like slices people up have them have like a cool long range sword thing i think reproduce yeah and so like i was trying to work reproduce into the reason like whatever his whatever the antagonist is doing is causing mayhem either to the normal people when i say normal i mean like economically normal in the sense lower class whatever though i hesitate to make even make it about class but like this person is reproducing something that is causing a harm or their competitors sees it as causing a harm to society. And it so happens that like other people can get behind that idea because it's like, yeah, you have a more selfish reason because it's competition, but what is being reproduced is also like not for the greater good. So there's a, my brain originally went to reproduction of humans, like cloning and that kind of morality thing so it could be like cloning or or reproduction of technology that causes devastation i mean maybe in this world nuclear the ways of making nuclear weapons or whatever is even worse than that i guess or whatever could be worse than that in the future that's what i'm trying to say has been lost and you know this person is trying to bring it back and it's like for the greater good we can't afford to have that back and society anymore you know 
Right. Or he's contracted to kill somebody who's reproducing like something that is for the greater good and <laughs> changes his mind. And the people who contracted him kill him or come after and turn against him. So it means death for not fit finishing, not fulfilling his duty. Duty, yeah. Hired hitman. So what can that reproduction be? Like, what are they trying to make? A cure, a cure. for some, a cure for some like incurable disease that exists in this world. I don't know why Maybe. the word, I don't know why the word rust, rust sickness, just popped in my head. Is that something we can make it about something? I don't know. I never heard of that. Rust disease. Rust disease. The fungal parasite that grows on a wide variety of plants useful to humans. I think a cure could be interesting. Or, okay, let's say we go with a cure. He doesn't, you know, he's sent out on this contract and is either told nothing of why, because maybe they don't need to be told why. That's not their job, you know, to necessarily know why. Jobs go do the deed. Or is told a lie and then finds out it's for something that's for the greater good. And to tie into something that makes him kind of hesitate or not fulfill it, it needs to backtrack to something that he cares about. You know, maybe he does have a family or something like that. And this cure is something that actually would help, like, his child or wife or boyfriend. I don't know. I got it. This world is affected by some disease. And the company that hired him has a booster that they sell and make billions off of that sets aside this disease or like dampens it down for a period of time, but it's not permanent. But this other company actually found a permanent cure to it. So to the company that acted him in a sense, like went through the contractor to get the assassin to stop the other company, the competitor. Yeah. The competitor has the, has the all in one cure. Yeah. And the company that, contracted them has like a booster and they're making billions off of it maybe they're a monopoly or something and maybe the head of the other company is a scientist that used to work for said company yeah and then he maybe he's been working with them for a while and he gets free boosters from them for him and his his mom who has a more progressive version of this disease but when he said when he sees that there's a cure that's when all things go wrong tries to switch sides i mean it's like yeah when he sees the when well it's just like that's interesting like the competitor used to work there left got the cure protagonist is like all right i think it's more interesting if he doesn't know why and then he gets there and it's like it helps someone that he loves and then, you know, he's like, all right, I'm conflicted because it means my death. It's a very, like, morality thing. Like, this saves a lot of people. So there's that aspect of it being good. And also, it saves someone he loves. So is his life, you know, this may end with our assassin getting killed, right? So it's, like, poetic. It's, like, is the life of whoever he loves would he willing to sacrifice his life for them pretty much? Yeah. He's going to put on a good fight, but like he understands that he's broken a rule that will send over not just one or two, but like multiple assassins. 
who are highly skilled. Yeah. 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 The scientists maybe used to be the business partner of this dude and they split apart, they split up and the guy like remodeled or remade the formula to where it became like a, an actual cure instead of yeah. just everything. thing. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's also something that could be played with where he's trying to save the life of someone that he loves or whatever. And he's like, all right, if they can get this cure, then I can save their life. There might be something in there where it's like the assassins who come to come and get him leverage his relationship with whoever this person is as a way to get them or they, so like, it's one thing where, like, where they kidnap them to lure him out. There's three, three, three things on my mind. Like one is they kidnap the person, lure him out, kill him, kidnap the person, lure him out, kill both of them. Don't even kidnap the person, kill them. That still lures out the assassin. But now he's more comes from a place of anger, and it's like what he was trying to do is still, you know, it's still noble in the sense of that he was trying to do it in the first place. But he won't get the outcome that he was hoping for. And now it's like he may he doesn't care about his life. Like it's not like he doesn't care about his life, but it's like it becomes just revenge, you know. And the story is like that revenge arc of like trying to get to the people that, like they're trying to get to him too, but like he's even angrier than they are. And like, he's trying to really get to them. Oh, so you're saying he kills his target, but then finds out. The no, truth. he doesn't. He decides not to, because he's like, this could actually help someone I love. Right. So he makes a decision. They come after him, but instead of like, they, he's hard to get to, right. It's like a ghost, but his loved one isn't as hard to get to. So they get to that person and I'm saying the options are to kidnap to the like kidnapping and two it can go two ways where like he, he gets pulled out lured out to out of his height out of his hole gets killed after a fight sequences etc etc gets killed or whatever like that there's a whole gap between that and then there's like they both get killed after he's trying to rescue them and some you know back like all this back and forth stuff and then there's the other option which is they don't do any of that they just kill the person that he loves has love for and now it's like they still want him but he wants them more and like he just goes on this like rampage to try to kill as many folks as he can to get to like the head boss or like shut down this organization and maybe he's successful maybe he died i think it'd be interesting if he kills his target and then figures out in the final moments who he is and what exactly that guy's working on and finds out that it's a cure and then he's mm. conflicted and maybe he takes the formula for himself and he won't hand it over. And then that company who contracted him takes his loved one as hostage, ends up killing her or him, whoever it is. So now he's a man with nothing left to lose. He just goes on a rampage. So he's successful and then decides take the cure. And right before he dies what, or something. Was he going to do it? What was his thought process like? maybe he'll take the cure and just give it to his loved one. So it's, it doesn't have this like moral thing for like the fabric of society. It's more just like, no, nah, man, I just want it for my mother. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe it changes to that in the end. <laughs> like he has, I don't know, USB drive of the exact formula for it right before 
he schedules it to go public everywhere on YouTube. Good. And just makes it secret, the secret sauce. Yeah. I mean, so in this story, we have, well, all right, let's start cracking it. I think we're going to do the Ninja Assassin in the futuristic story. So I think that's what we kind of. You yeah, know, it'd be funny if instead of the cure, we replaced it with chocolate and the dude fighting for <laughs> It's like, man, all this for some chocolate. It'd be like if like Pepsi and Coke went to war with each other, he's got the secret to the Coca-Cola recipe. He makes it public. Yeah, it would be if Pepsi and Coke. I'm sure they've done their battles. Time to go into name gen. What city should this take place? I feel like we need to know that for this type of story. Cyber. But cyber it, 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 it be, it's like based in the future right so neo philadelphia neo new york philadelphia. i love when manga i love when animes mangas and games like make their own rendition of real cities they call it like york new city or like new like a new new pork city or something grand haven new new maine new boston New Boston. New Boston. I feel like it should take place in Singapore. All right. Just Singapore. Because they already have, like, I was trying to remember who has, like, this very futuristic look. And I, it is Singapore. I had to look it up because, like, I'm pretty sure it's Singapore. I couldn't remember. Singapore, to Tokyo. Yeah. They incorporate, like, really, like, the way they incorporate, like, plant life is very but yet with like the architecture and the very futuristic buildings, I think it's perhaps like very interesting the way they go about it. But all right, yeah. we won't stick too long on it. So let's see. So evil Dave Corp, they hire agonist, Kevin, a villain, evil Dave Corp, you know, the name of the business that holds a monopoly over this immune booster for this incurable disease. They hire... Yeah, we gotta get his name, so... Like, we should give him, like, a nickname, an assassin name. I have a bottle of Sprite next to me, so he, they hire Sprite. They hire Sprite, yeah. <laughs> to go after good man Kevin's company. Uh-huh. Because good, good man, man Kevin has the cure. Sure. If it was... If it had anything to do with you, they wouldn't have the cure. They'd have just the boosters. It wouldn't be that. You'll give them the placebo. Be like, yeah, it works. Don't worry. Oh, maybe his nickname is after his favorite chocolate. And that's how we could tie it in. And then his little quirk is he has he eats his chocolate bar before he goes on a mission. For, like, good luck. Yeah, it's just how he starts his mission. Bro, for whatever reason. No, it's not for whatever reason. It makes sense. But you can bring it up Samurai, right? And we have a whole bunch of that. I don't think I've ever watched the show, so for those watching, don't hate me. I think there was a video game, and I played it a little bit, but... What are you talking about? But I was like, yo, who is our protagonist? And I was like, yo, maybe it could be someone from... It could be, like, an Afro Samurai. And I know that's a show. Yeah, that is a show. Yeah, we can make it a Black Samurai. You know? Yeah. So, hold on. His nickname is Reese's because he eats Reese's peanut butter cups before before uh, he goes off. So that means we have to go with Wu-Tang Clan name generator. Wu-Tang Clan. Got to give him a name called Eddie, and then I'm going to put it in the generator. So a Western name, I'm going to throw in the Wu-Tang name generator and see what we get. 
Wesley Mails. Wesley, I feel like Eddie. I feel like Eddie. Eddie something. Nestle. This man's this whole thing's about chocolate. It was nicknamed to be Mars for M&Ms and Mars. Yeah, this man says, oh, we have to rep the corporate company. Eddie, Eddie Adams. Eddie Adams. Yeah, I just want to get something quick for that part, because I'm going to put in the Wu-Tang name generator and just see what happens. All right. Woo-me. Uh-oh. The Wu-Tang. Oh, there we go. Great Superior. From this day forward, you'd be known as Great Superior. I need a different Wu-Tang name. You, ooh. Erratic Wanderer. Erratic Wanderer. Arrogant Ambassador. Erratic Wanderer. No, we should just give him a Japanese like name. Or make maybe he has it's like the reverse, right? <clears throat> he has his Western name, you know, his American name, his born name, and then the name that he took on. Tabo Washimimi Zuku. Kaito Senso. It's a short, punchy name. Kaito Senso. Kaito. Or maybe he just goes by a nickname. What's ghost in Japanese? Hey, yeah. What is it? Oh, did you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. No? Yeah, all right. Or Spectre. Bore. Bore. That. Bore. Is it Spectre? Yeah. Spectre Sword. That sounds pretty sweet. What? Why did the name just change completely? I gotta learn <laughs> me to Japanese. Because Spectre was Bore, <laughs> and when I put in Spectre Sword, it's Yokai Ken. Oh, bro. Maybe his American name is Ken. So now he's Yokai Ken. The Spectre Sword in Japanese. <laughs> okay, so I know why. I'm looking at something here that says how to say ghosts in Japanese, and there's multiple ways depending on what type of ghost. So they have different names for types of ghosts, it seems like. So Shiru, ghost or spirit. So that's just basic. Bake is Bake and Mono. Thing that can change appearance and is supernatural. I feel like Obake is like, you know, this man's a ghost. Like he changes appearances. He's supernatural. They don't know where this guy's coming from. Then there's, I think you said it actually. Is it Bore? Bore? I think that's up there. So, UK appreciation or phantom used more broadly to describe monsters, ghosts, shapeshifters, weird phenomena. And you said Yuri, Yuri, Bore. bad spirit. Bore. Yeah, I think that's that one. A bad spirit. The spirits that didn't make it to the afterlife due to unresolved issues or not receiving the proper ceremonies. I think his sweet nickname is Spectre Sword. I don't know why I just changed to <laughs> Yokai Ken. Is Yokai on there? Yokai Ken. Yeah, Yokai, or may I just. You said it incorrectly, but that's the use more broadly to describe monsters, ghosts, shapeshifters. Oh, all right. <laughs> Yokai Ken. Yokai Ken. Yeah, all right. We can go with that. Yokai Ken. That's his nickname. My man's out here. My man's about to be a, a. He is a villain. Yokai Ken, aka Kenny Smith from New York. <laughs> Yokai Ken. Yokai Ken. Spectre Sword. Yokai Ken. All right. I'm with you. Yokai. And then, oh, I almost forgot. We need a villain's name. So I guess our antagonist, I guess our main antagonist here is like the guy in charge of the company or the guy in charge of the clan? Company. The company. 
head of the so, the booster company. Yeah. So let's make it female. Let's change it up. Yoko. Yoko Ono. Exactly. Make it after her. All right, I think of some cool futuristic. Cano Rico. Roko. Teo. Niko. The greatest child. The first name means greatest child. Ni. I feel like what's fire flower. Iho Hana. Iho Hana. Oh, we could choose a name. It's a random one. Or maybe we should choose like a a rival, like another talented assassin that tries to that gets re hot that gets hired to kill Yoko Ken. Yeah, I think there will be like some other people, some other assassins' names that are like pretty prominent, but like his main beef is with this other person that tries to get him. Yeah. And like, this doesn't end until that person stops. Tishi. Tishi. Kishi. Sawa. Yeah, we can go with that. Moe. Oh. Suzuki. That was an option here. Morikawa. Cherry Blossom. We can go with that. I think a good name for the rival assassin is Burning Flower. Eru Hana. Moeru Hana. Yokai Ken versus Moeru Hana. Well, there should be there's gonna be like multiple. I feel like there should be one I, prominent just, one. There should be one prominent one and a bunch of henchmen that he just slices through. I almost thought of it like like John Jason Wick. Bourne. No, like Jason Bourne. Maybe it's in John Wick, but in Jason Bourne, you know, they kept calling these like top assassins, and like some were better than others, but some of them were like like each one on rights were were fierce. Yeah, that's the same thing in John, uh, John Wick, too. Yeah, they're all very yeah. talented. All right, we can have a bunch of them. Like, make this dude's life hell, pretty much. All right, so... All right, so conflict, real quick, is... Our main conflict here is... What do we call him? Yokai? What's the antagonist name again? Morikawa. All right. Yokai Ken... Are we saying he... Okay. Yokai Ken took the you know, the cure in some fashion, whether it be how to make it or the cure itself. So it's another company or another thing can generate it. Yeah, it takes the formulation. All right. So he takes the formulation. Well, that's the story conflict. The world conflict is that everyone is, there's this incurable disease that's affecting yeah. a ton of the population. Yokai Ken's mother has a very aggressive form of said disease and part of his payments for working for morikawa to do her dirty deeds is that he gets month supplies of the boosters that he just supplies to his mother yeah but he is in no shape or form rich oh yokai ken he's living a modest yeah. life yeah modest life yeah lives so, in a hut he's instant think, noodles i think we start this i think we start this no it's the future like they everyone's living in like these packed apartments or whatever I think we start this with... Have you ever seen those apartments in Hong Kong or wherever that look crazy? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like those... Futuristic version of that. Yeah. Within a box with 200 other people. I think we start with the story in the sense of like, this cure will save the world. Like we have to set up like the cure stuff. And so maybe we start with Morikawa. Sure we set up the history of disease. Like this disease. So like, I put it like this. News broadcast, like the way this would be done 
if this were like for film, like it would be you know, one way, not the way, but one way is like news broadcasts that reflects on the disease and, you know, when it started to ravage society and they put into a good light, the company, you know, the company that has the boosters, it's like, oh, they came to our rescue. Like we're able to survive, but just barely, but you know, prices are going up. So have your, you know, however way they're paying for it. Right. So like it's expensive. Right. So it's like, you know, one year ago today, or, you know, five years ago today, just uh, like, that's the way I kind of imagine it is disease ravaged society and now we find ourselves with the company etc that provides us these boosters that helps us survive and continue to live longer as they search for a cure right maybe that's their ploy that they're saying they're searching for a cure and like they try to on the news they try to have like a positive image right we have this to like make you feel like you know a booster is not the right word but a booster to like keep us going and they're searching for a cure, but they make more money from that. Like you find out that later. Right. So then in this broadcast, you know, here tonight, we have Morikawa, the CEO of CEO and president of her company here to talk about, you know, advances they are making. Right. And so it kind of starts off in this positive note where we're like, we think they're trying to help CEO comes on and tells them, you know, a cure is hard, but they are working quickly to find one. And then we can introduce the competition. What, you know, the, the news caster asks, you know, what about, what about the rumblings of this new company that claims they are close to a cure being released soon. And then Morikawa is like, Morikawa could be, it's, it's pretty much, she's going to be like, we are aware of that company and we still think, you know, should be downplayed. They are a long way away from a cure. Oh. Here, but she gives them an out. We, the newscaster says, is there a chance for the companies to work together? Laughs and says, anything is possible. We wouldn't mind. We wouldn't mind discussing seeing what they have. Yeah. Just something that's just like, yeah, you know, like it sounds reasonable. And then it's like, all right. Now we jump to the boardroom. So that, so at this point we've set up who's the CEO of what companies are involved. I mean, we don't have company names, but so what, but like what companies are involved, who's the CEO of, of this company. And we get a sense of this disease and we get a sense of like, well, we think we get a sense of their position, which makes it interesting when we do the reversal and they're like, oh no, they're evil. So then we should jump to like their boardroom meeting or some kind of discussion and, you know, She's upset that the newscaster asked you, asked her these certain questions, or she's like, you know, this is how we're going to do it. Like we need to put an end to that cure. Right. So just for the sake of keeping it brief. All right. So we're now in the boardroom 
And Morikawa tells her, you know, VPs, etc., or just other, tells her execs they need to put an end to the cure from the competition, you know, competition. And then maybe someone suggests, you know, someone brings up, you know, they should buy out the guy, this, the CEO who used to work for them. Morikawa says he will not, you know, receive a dime kind of deal. His head should be on a pike. Uh-huh. It's a very intense board meeting right here. But, you know, we just we get a sense of her dis- disdain for him or her. I don't know. Whoever the hell it is. So she says that he's not receive a dime. Head should be on a spike or a pike. And then, okay, a board member chirps up and says they should use someone from the black book. Morikawa replies, yeah, you know, some way, some shape or form, do we want her to be like, the CEO to be like, nah, we're going to kill them. Or is that more private? It really depends on like how this company interacts with each other and like how they go about things. No, she should be pure evil and just say, do whatever you need. Or maybe she just says, I have something in mind. And she's like, I got something in mind. And then we find out later. Yeah. And then she goes on her own to like set this thing up to, to attack. Like she does her own thing to basically get the assassin. Yeah. And then I just wrote out a scene that was in my head. Like it probably be the next scene after this board meeting is over. Yeah. So, all right. She says something she has in mind. The meeting is over. She returns to her office and she dials a phone number makes a phone call. And this is where it cuts in here ringing. It's yeah. Yokai. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm with you. You hear hear ringing. Yokai Ken is rubbing his eyes sleepily. Looks Mm -hmm. up. There's like a game screen in front of him because it's futuristic (laughs) type stuff says, accept the call from Shonen, which I just looked up. It was merchant in Japanese. He says, yes, accept it. He's like, what is it? Shonen's like, we have a job. It's very high paying. Are you in? He's like, what is the payment? He's like, 5,000 Neos and the three-month supply of the immune booster. He's like, what is the target? Who's the target? And then a picture of the CEO of the competitor company pops up. And he's like, are you in? And he's like, yeah, I guess. And they end it right there. He sends over a digital contract. Mr. Yokai Ken signs it right there with his fingers on the screen. And that secures the deal. So he heads over to his kitchen, boils, fires up his water boiler for his ramen noodle breakfast for himself and his mother. You see pictures of his mom. He has two cup noodles. He takes one to his mom's bedroom. She's, she looks like she's not doing very well. So he has to like feed her. And he also reminds her to take her booster after she eats. He's looking at the booster stash. Notices that only, there's only two days left of the immune booster. So, and that's as far as I got. <laughs> no, that's, that, yeah, no, that's pretty good. So they make a deal, does the rest of his morning routine, gets to the kitchen. We see pictures, etc. Family of his mom in better health, I would say. 
and better health. Um, takes, you know, makes food, takes a new, yeah, feeds her, you know, gives gives the mother the booster, you know, tells her he will, okay, so tells her he will be out late tonight as he saying out with some friends to do. Well, maybe she thinks like he just worked, like she might just think he works at like some random thing, like, you know, like nothing to do with that, with killing. Right. Okay, so it's later it's nighttime and we see yokai yokai ken leave his dwelling he's covered he's excuse me he's dressed in all black like but you know futuristic attire right okay so he's dressed up futuristic attire etc <laughs> there's something on his back but we don't know what it is just yet. Okay. What's on? About half an hour. Okay. All right. All right. We're okay. So we don't know what it is yet. Just have him arrive. Should, all right. All right. Kevin. Yeah. Should he arrive at the, like, maybe the CEO, the good CEO, lives in a fancy apartment building and that's where he goes to you know, do the deed? Or is he going to the office building? Like maybe the CEO stays and works, you know, stays late. And it doesn't have to be like midnight, you know, maybe the time is somewhere around like 7 p.m., 8 or whatever. But like goes to the C, like the company's building to do the D. Yeah, I think you should catch him after work or while he's in his office staying late. I think, I think we got cut off for a second. You said you think he should do what? Catch him where? Do we? I think you should catch him at his office, like late after he's staying late for work. Yeah, you should catch him at uh, his office. Like, where should we have it be? Okay. So, Kai Ken goes to this beautiful office building and looks up. We see a light on in a large room, indicating that someone is still working inside. We are now with, I don't think we named the person, but that's okay. We are now with the good CEO as they are, you know, I guess in the lab. Yeah, they could be in the lab. Yeah, why not? I'm gonna say in the lab. I was gonna say maybe in on their computer or something like this, but it's more interesting. In the lab, we see, see there's a computer with a like, People don't know what it is yet, but there's a formulation and the CEO is talking to someone saying the cure worked on the like test subjects. They are a step closer to bringing this to the world. Now we can also have a battle sequence where we fight security guards. They should knock them out. It's like, all right, some technical difficulties, but we're back at it. I just have to change places. All right, so you... Pause, and now the timer has resumed. So, yeah, I think he should... Picking up from where we were last time, like, I think there should be some kind of, like, doesn't just show up to the good CEO in the lab and just, like, start taking him out. Like, he has to get through some folks. So, yeah. we'll say Yukai... And we have about 26 minutes. So, Yukai can battles through... Some guards not killing them, but 
knocking them out kind of deal. These kind of guards are more like simplified. So we have a sequence in the hall and elevator, you know, some cool stuff there. Yeah. So that cool stuff happens. Guy Ken gets, so now, all right. So now the good CEO is in his office uploading formulation files. Either uploading or downloading them to a, or just uploading them to the network drive or whatever. He's doing some work. Ken enters the office. Now, a good CEO, there's two ways this can play out. Well, there's multiple, but there's a more of a direct approach. And then there's like a more hidden approach. If we do the hidden approach, my man's good. So you just come in and snipe him more or less. But if we need to have a moment of talking, you know, he can come in full speed. The guy's like, wait, what are you doing? And then stabs him or whatever. You know, I was thinking of, uh, I was thinking about earlier, the CEO of, of the bad company. I don't know if we have any time for this, but she, on top of hiring Yokai Ken, she hired other assassins to go after the same dude, just to see like who gets to him first. And maybe Yokai Ken is overhearing like the conversation in the lab. And he's like, has it at this point when he confronts the dude, he's like hesitating. He's like, is this really a cure for X disease? Mm -hmm. And then as soon as, and that, that's when the dude gets dealt a fatal blow by one of the other assassins that were hired. And that becomes like a, but that doesn't become his problem because instead of hesitating, it could be. So he hesitates. Okay. Uh, so he overhears a conversation as he's readying. Okay. Readying to kill the good CEO. But then he hears where, you know, what they are working on and how it's working and decides to enter the office peacefully in a sense. We have this little back forth, right? The CEO asking, who are you, etc." cetera. Yukai Ken asks if this breakthrough is real. Sensing danger and death, the CEO answers his questions. It's like, why would he answer questions? He's like, he knows, he knows this, this dude. Yeah. He answers his questions. Yukai Ken is in shock. So, all right, I'm gonna pause here. So it's like, he could be in shock. And then just to incorporate more from what you were saying, maybe they do something, something's implied that he's not going to kill him. And then this other assassin literally like snipers him. I said snipes him. We're going to actually use a sniper, like a red dot. Yeah, you see a red dot. Boom. And then just, and then, you know, Yukai Ken steals the laptop. Another, and he runs, right? He's booking it. And another sniper shot like misses, but like hits where he's like, you know what I mean? And... He needs to, that's his first, that needs to be his first escape slash first fight. Gets yeah. out of the building and then he gets attacked. Like, no, like, yeah, there's a sniper, but there's like other assassins who are like, or another, at least one more who tries to like. You should get attacked by a bunch of bodyguards as first. So. Like, as like distractions. And while he's like getting through them. He's still getting sniped at. Yes, yeah, so decides not to kill him, and they shake hands or something. You know, just something to imply like they're not. He's not going to go through with it. As this happens, obviously, there's a lot more there. Like 
could be flashback sequences of his mom. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff there, emotional ties. But as this happens, a red dot is seen on the head of the CEO. And just like that, blasts through the window and hits the CEO in the square in the forehead. CEO's head explodes. Kai Ken ducks down, snatches the laptop. Sniper bullets are exploding everywhere. Or not everywhere, but you know what I mean. Like, it's trying to get him. Missing him just barely. Right. And gets out of the building to find the security of bodyguards. Not even bodyguards. Gang loads are like, who are these people? They're just building security with tasered. What's that club? Well, okay. So the building itself has stuff and he got through them. And I'm like, now it's the organization that contracted different people. Right. So it's like you have the dude or the person who's sniping at him. And then you also have maybe like an on the ground assassin, but he's accompanied by like not so good assassins like they're like okay like newbies almost yeah they're like henchmen they're trying to they're trying to tune them up they're like henchmen they're like goons a gang of henchmen uh, a gang of henchmen chasing him as he runs out into the open a bullet graces his hair gives him a haircut that was close he turns down and Allie and finds, here we go, finds one lone assassin. Right, we don't know it yet, but it's going to be the henchmen block his exit from behind. So the only thing to do is go forward. Would you say ventures into an alley? Yeah. Alley, what's a dead end? It's not even a dead end. So imagine it's like an alley where you can see the other side, but then there's just like one one dude just standing there oh okay. and then like he's like so he gets like halfway down his alley and then this person turns the corner on the end like okay exit, and it's just like one one assassin just standing there like you know what's coming and then behind them the henchman kind of bottleneck into the alley they can see it too and they're not necessarily attacking yet like they're like you can't escape now you know what i mean and so it's either turn around and fight off like 15 goons or go forward and have this battle with this one, you know, tough battle. You know, either way, there's tough battles. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I'm saying it's the only thing to do now is to go forward, right? Steps up to the one assassin in front. They say, you know, you made the wrong choice. Pass over. You got to give him an opportunity to get out. Pass over the laptop. Or else. Yeah, that's right. Pass over the laptop or else. All right. Yukai thinks of his mother and decides and says, take it from me. It's on now. Right? So now the assassin, I imagine him for right. some reason as a Western cowboy like person <laughs> in the future. So he has two two laser pistols. He's like, All right, it's high noon now. <laughs> and then Yokai Ken pulls out his laser katana and starts slicing through these these beams or bullets with one hand. 
while the oh, other hand's man. clutching onto the laptop. And then maybe he doesn't fight him. Maybe he like he scales the wall with like some and makes it to a fire escape. And then he makes it to the, front, the top of the fire escape. And the sniper bullet almost blasts him. It could. So, all right. By the way, we have about 13 minutes. So we might have to start, like, plowing. I mean, we're having a bit too much fun with this. So, we might, yeah, let's just start doing some lay down the bones, and then we can add in details. So, Yukai can. So, we'll say, so does he fight him and win? Like, he's going to fight him, but, like, does he fight him all the way through and win? Or does he fight him a bit and then escapes? Fights him a bit and then tries to escape. Okay. But then the sniper's... Right. Got him locked in too. And tries to escape up the side of the building. Sniper is awaiting him and blasts again. Blasts again. But this time, Kaken blocks the bullet with his laser sword, Katana. But, you know, the force knocks him back. Like, can't keep doing that. All right. Now, and then, the henchman and the assassin get to the, get to the top, and we have a rooftop running sequence. Thinking of the crouching tiger, hidden dragon, like, over here leaping off the buildings and floating. Okay. We got, like, 11 minutes. All right. So, you guys can gets away just barely. All right, that, that'll be the note for that. I guess I just barely. Now, where does he go? Or we just go, or, yeah, we might have, like, this is more actioning. So maybe he gets home, finds a note with a dagger in it, and it's just like, we took your mother. Meet us at, keep the action Ooh. going. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He gets home, calls out to mother, no reply. Okay. Finds note. To meet up for an exchange. Okay? Alright, we got 10 minutes. We got, I didn't think we'll find ourselves under the gun here. Meet up for exchange. Yukai Ken goes to meeting point. His mother is there. They tell him to hand over the laptop. He does. And they slice his mother's throat. Alright? Uh, a henchman picks up the laptop and tries to escape. All right. Okay. You guys can fight them all, like sword fights. Yeah. Gets to his mother, cries or whatever, realizes they still have the laptop. He finds the henchman alone and decapitates him. Okay. Yeah. Now, Yukai Ken wants, oh God, we got eight minutes, 30 seconds, wants revenge for his mother's death. So he heads, and he to, heads straight to the evil CEO's building and starts fighting through the entire building. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then on the top. For revenge and to release the formulation. All right. So now we're going to add in, he gets to the building. All right, keep going. He starts fighting through the building. And then on the top floor... And I mean some fights. Like, this is a massive fight. Yeah, each floor he's fighting. And then on the top floor is, like, the final boss. Yeah. It's the evil. It's the evil CEO sitting in her desk. And then the two other assassins that tried to kill him earlier are there. 
and they're about to team up on him. Should the evil CEO like be like very good at fighting too, or the two assassins are just protecting? The two assassins are just protecting him. Okay, so because he's not a because he's a lowly assassin, right? He's not like someone with a big name in the beginning. Because he's kind of yeah, he's kind of a low level guy. So they don't she don't know. Well, she like thinks- they thought that he could handle it. I guess also killing a scientist isn't like super like. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to be a high-level assassin to do that. Yeah. The two assassins um, step in. So it's like the CEO's at the desk. They have a conversation or whatever. Like Not like a like sit-down conversation, but like a little back and forth. He's standing there with a sword out, ready to take off her head. And then <laughs> the two assassins step in. Or two assassins from before step in. And then a fight. And then we have about six minutes and 30 seconds, so let's actually elaborate a little bit on this fight sequence. I think the CEO should escape somehow. There's a part two to this story. She, no, she, as the two assassins step in, she presses a button on her desk, and in, okay. her, chair, in her chair, it just goes down into the floor like an elevator. <laughs> escapes with a press of a button. The evil CEO escapes with a press of a button. The assassins... Begin to circle Kai Ken. And an epic battle ensues within this office. One of them comes comes in with a spear. A spear? Yeah, a spear with a energized tip. The Uh battle begins. At the end of this battle, Kai Ken is in shape, but still has still has business to attend to. The evil CEO is driving away, thinking they are home free. And all of a sudden, they hear a thump on the roof of her car. <laughs> the an energy sword slicing through the roof. Yes, yes. She hears a she hears a thump on the oh god on the roof, and a sword sliced through the top, and then that. Stands over and says, "You thought this was finished," and then just decapitates her right there as her hands are still on the drive on the wheel. Being a self-driving car, <laughs> so she's being a self-driving car was kind of like a limo, and she's oh, in the okay, back. Okay. Yeah, he's slicing through. He sits down. He looks around. He helps himself to a drink. Yeah. And then he, before she says anything, he shoots her in the kneecap once. He's like, "I didn't say you could." I'm asking the questions here. Or the drink. Evil CEO says something about she will kill him. Or she'll give him anything he wants. Money, lifetime supply of boosters. About how she can give him anything he wants. And he says, I just want your blood. (laughs) He has a blank check. I can replies. It would be something cool, like you can't cash it. Something that's like, it's not enough. <laughs> Replies, you can't cash what I want. <laughs> Something like that. And slices mm-hmm. her head. Right off. Clean off. Limo driver. Oh, self-driving car, right? Yeah, or a robot. like jumps out of the car and walks down the street. We fade to black. And we see a news flash. He's like the public formulation has been uploaded. And it's okay. Public. Okay. We end the way we began. 
I like that. I like that callback. We began with the news caster speaking on how there's she's like reporting the CEO's death, and then she's like, "But yeah, the formulation has been released to the public on the internet. Yeah, has been released to the internet. The world is grateful to the anonymous uploader." The end with fifteen seconds. <laughs> Clock. I won't count down from 10, but we're at five, two, one. Timer has gone man. off. Man, oh man. Man, I was just throwing things together on this outline, but this is a pretty, I think we've made a, we ended up making a pretty straightforward story. However, it does like with some more originality and thought, it could really be developed into something pretty, pretty cool. I think so. I was getting like Tarantino type vibes. <laughs> He's just yeah. like going through like fighting. His like, outline is very much so just like, here's what kind of needs to happen. And then with pulling in some of the themes around morality, around love to his mother and so on. And there could really be some depth. And then yeah. like we made our action sequences back to back and quick, but there could be more moments of like slowness where it's not like you know time to build a plan time to you know with the details of the story be able to build a plan and then act on that plan and him just walking into that you know trying to get his mother back just walking into it in the smartest way but like you know get the point yeah no that was pretty fun that was fun i think we should read it now and i think i can knock out I think in the beginning, if you do the news flash, you knock out yeah. reproduce. I can knock out the rest of the words after the board meeting yeah. up to when he gets home and then you can end it. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think, yeah. Okay. So we'll go to board meeting, board meeting, board meeting. So you want to do at home, right? Yeah. From home to okay. when he returns home, basically. At the end, uh, when he finds a ransom note, and then you can end it from you can okay, it. ransom note, right? Right, right. Let me just find that, all right? So, we have the fight sequence gets home, all right? So, I'll start from the news flash, he gets home. But just to recap for everyone, our five words were chocolate, flavor, favor, reproduce, and acquaintance, yeah, all right. Here we go. Let's go. We begin our story with the newscast. Of on, scratch that part, Kev. Here we go. We begin our story with the newscast speaking on this disease that has ravaged society as we know it. Not just one country, but countries. Because of this, a company has been able to build boosters to help bring up everyone's immune system to fight off this disease, but only temporarily. The newscaster brings on Morikawa, the CEO of Evil Corp, to come on and speak to what they've been working on. As they talk and discuss about the advances they're making in the boosters, being able to help people stay better a little bit longer, they still think making a CEO is 
very difficult, but they are committed to making one happen and they are committed to the people as they are the as they claim to be the furthest along in the world when it comes to fighting this disease and giving people a sense of normalcy in their life. The newscaster asked, well, we're starting to hear about a new company in, into this fold that claims they are closer than you are in coming to a cure. What do you have to say about that? Morikawa says she's aware of that company and there's actually someone that used to work for their company. However, she still thinks that they're a long way from the cure as the science and technology that they're using to derive to that supposed cure, they've already entertained and it wasn't fruitful. The newscaster asked, is there a chance of the companies working together for the greater good? Morikawa laughs and says, anything is possible. We wouldn't mind seeing them again and seeing what they have. Again, we already tried that technology and nothing came of it. The interview is now over. Morikawa is in her boardroom asking if they, asking the execs if they were able to reproduce the results of that newer company. They said that they have failed to get anywhere close to the advances that they're having. Mark tells the company that their whole plan hinges on not being able to cure the population. They make more money by being able to provide a medication instead of a cure. What are they to do about their competition? Someone brings up that the CEO could try to buy them out, take over the tech, and never release their findings. Morikawa tells the exec that the CEO for this new company will never ever receive a dime from them. And it still pains them that they left their company to start a cure, knowing it would hurt, hurt their bottom line. If anything, it should take his head, put on a spike. The exec, the execs look at each other, hushed tones and voices. Morikawa says, However, they are better than that, and they'll find out what other options they have. But for now, they can end the meeting. <clears throat> she has some thinking to do. Morikawa goes back to her office. She's sitting at her desk. We see her pull out a phone and open a small black book. She rifles through the pages. She finds a number. To who? We have no clue. She dials out the number. The ring, the phone begins to ring. She puts the phone up to her ear and we cut to Yokai Ken, translated in English, Spectre Swords, bedroom. It's dark, a bright blue scion screen illuminates his face. He wakes up sleepily <clears throat> and it says, accept a call from Shonin. And he says, accept. Shonin pops up on the screen with a mask and says, we have a job. And he's, it's very high paying. Yokai Ken asks, what's the payment? Shonin says, 5,000 Neos and a three-month supply of the immune booster. Yokai Ken said, who's the target? A picture of the face of the good CEO pops up on the screen. Shonin asks once again, are you in? Yokai Ken thinks about it and then says he accepts. A digital contract is then shown on this screen in front of Yokai Ken. He uses his finger and in the air just signs his name, making it official. He wakes up, lets out all his stretches, opens up the curtain in his room, walks over to his kitchen, runs his, fires up his water boiler for his usual instant noodle ramen breakfast. 
He opens up two cups of cup noodles, pours the boiling hot water in each, one for himself and one for his mother. As you pan around the, on the, around the room in the kitchen, you see him, Yokai Ken, with his mother when she was in better health. She looks in good spirits. He takes one of the cup noodles and heads over to a bedroom. There, you see his mother laying in bed, breathing heavily, not doing well. She says good morning to him in a very low voice. He sits down on her bed, pats her on the head, and says, you know, it's, you have to eat so you can get better. So he starts feeding her the cup noodles. After she's finished, she gives, she, he administers one of the immune boosters to her. He looks inside the box where the immune boosters are and sees that there's only two days left. So he knows it's time to get to work. Later that night, first Yokai Ken tells his mom, I'm going to be back late tonight. So don't worry about me. I have to work late. She doesn't know what he does for a job. She just knows that he works. Later that night, Yokai Ken is on a rooftop of a building overlooking a separate office building. He sees a room that's lit up at the top. As per usual, as a ritual, he pulls out an orange flavored chocolate and he munches on it as good luck and to give him some kind of dopamine rush as he is about to embark on this on his mission. So he goes into the office building. He takes out the light in the front. Everyone, the two, the three guards there are scrambling, and with night vision goggles, Yokai Ken goes behind and clubs each of them and knocks him out. He takes the head guard, drags him along to the elevator, uses the guard's retina, his eyes for a retina scan to activate the elevator. Hops in. He takes it to the ground floor in the lab, and he's posted up outside of the door, listening in. And he sees what's going on. They're going over a new formulation, the cure to this incurable disease that plagues this world. And he's wondering to himself, a cure? I thought that was impossible. And he sees the CEO there going over images, DNA, how it works. And as the CEO leaves, Yokai Ken makes his way to the CEO's office to meet him there. As the CEO takes the elevator up to his office. He opens the door, sits down, and turns around and sees Yokai Ken at his desk. He's like, who are you? He's startled. And Yokai Ken says, do you really have a cure? And the CEO says, yes, I, th I think so. We do. No, I'm sure of it. We do. And Yokai Ken says, will it work on everybody? Even those with a more progressive and aggressive disease? And the CEO explains in scientific terms how it works. This formula they invented really attacks the virus and destroys it so it can no longer spread throughout an infected person's body. Yokai Ken begins to hesitate. He, does, he no longer feels the need to kill this guy because this guy is going to bring greater good to this world. He starts to favor him. All of a sudden, we see a red dot going closer and closer and then stops on the CEO's head. Yokai Ken, in the spur of the moment, tries to save the guy and says, get down. But it's already too late. There's a bullet whizzing past the through the window into the CEO's head, blood splattering on the wall behind it. Yokai Ken grabs the laptop the CEO was working on as more sniper bullets are coming through the window, hitting walls, the floor near Yokai Ken. Yokai Ken makes it out of the office 
starts making way making his way to the ground floor. But on the ground floor, he's met with a squad of henchmen with laser-powered batons ready to put a beating on him. You know, Kai Ken starts, he starts fighting through them, kicking them away. They're not very good at fighting, smacking them. As he makes his way out of the building into the wide open, sniper bullets are whizzing by, blowing up cars as he's running past them, shooting through windows. One of the bullets breezes through his air, through his hair, knocks off a piece of his afro, making it uneven. Then he ventures into an alley. He sees home free. He starts running towards the end. And around the corner, an assassin with a cowboy hat steps in front of him. And he says, you're making the wrong route, the wrong move, pal. Pass that over. Pass that over here and I'll let you live. Yokai Ken looks behind him. The group of henchmen are starting to block his entrance from behind. And Yokai Ken says, if you want it, take it from me. The assassin says, well, then it's high noon, motherfucker. Pulls out his dual pistols, starts shooting at him. Yokai Ken pulls out his laser katana, starts slicing through bullets. And he sees a fire escape about 10 feet up on the side of the building. He jumps on a dumpster, hops onto the fire escape, starts parkouring his way to the top of the building. As he reaches the top, a sniper bullet blasts the fire escape, causing it to fall down. He's hanging on by one hand. He uses all his strength to lift himself over to the side as another sniper bullet almost blasts him again. But the force of this one sends him back as he was able to block it at the last minute with his sword. So there becomes a Crouching Tiger-esque rooftop running sequence as he's running from these sniper bullets. There's a guy with dual pistols shooting at him from behind. And he just makes it away and gets away just barely. Okay. As he comes home, it's dark. He's tired. He's battered. He's bruised up. He's gone shot at. Pieces of the hair. His perfect afro is messed up. There's a hole in his afro. He calls for his mom, but hears nothing. Yukai Ken makes his way to the kitchen. Finds a note. Stabbed through it to the fridge. On the note, he says, if for exchange for the laptop, We'll give you back your mother. Me at the exchange point. Yukai Ken, enraged that his mother has been taken, goes to the exchange point. His laser samurai sword is already out as he wishes to do battle. As he gets up the stairs to the loading dock, sees his mother on the opposite end with henchmen all around. They have a knife to her throat. They tell Yukai Ken to hand over the laptop that he's taken and everything can go back to normal. He won't be hunted any further. His mother will survive, they'll hand her over. All he needs to do is pass over that laptop. Yukai Ken looks at them suspiciously, but eventually does as they ask. The laptop in the bag, he slides it over on the ground. It stops, it comes to a, it comes to a stop. They pick it up, open the bag, laptop is there they say they tell him it's good that he decided to listen to them however he should have done his job from the first time and with that slices his mother's throat blood gushes out everywhere she falls to the ground bleeding out in the eyes of yukai ken 
is as if there are flames behind them. He yells out of pain and anger. The henchman that was holding the bag with the laptop turns around and makes a run to escape. The rest of the henchmen come down, come crashing down on Yukai Ken. All of them with various weapons, laser and energy type weapons, from swords to batons, spears. Yukai Ken takes the first one and slices right through the middle portion of his body all the way down. His guts start to fly out. Another one comes crashing down with a sword and catches his wrist and slices off his arm all the way up to his shoulder. Body just separates just like that. As another one comes for him, he splices him right down the middle so much you can see the mouth and the tongue and all the organs. On the ground, though, is still his mother, bleeding out. Kaiken kills every last henchman. The henchman that has the laptop is no longer in this room. He gets to his mother, puts away his sword, cries out for her with her dying energy. She reaches up, bloody hand that's been trying to hold the blood back, caresses his face. Is that as if she's trying to remember him one last time, her good, loyal son. She dies, her hand drops. Yukai Ken, in his sadness and depressed state, also remembers the laptop is gone, and he will not allow them, the company, to continue to have the information. He gets up, promises his mother he will be back in order to give her a proper burial, and leaves, catches the henchman, trying to make his way down the street. And with one swift swipe of his laser samurai sword, cleans his head right off his shoulders, picks up the bag. But at this point, the laptop is not enough. He knows that he must use this formulation and release it to the world, but it will not be enough to revenge his mother. He also knows that since he still has the laptop, they will come back for him. He must do what he needs to do now. Yukai Ken gets to the building of the CEO that contracted him. He stands out front. The rain begins to pour. <clears throat> he pulls out another chocolate, little orange chocolate bar, and eats it, enjoying the flavor as it may be his last day on Earth. At this point, Yukai Ken doesn't care to be subtle or discreet. He kicks open the front doors. The security desk people say, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? They get to him. Guts punches them, drops both of them to the ground. They're not strong enough for his blade, so he won't even unsheath it for them. Kai Ken presses the button for the elevator, but nothing is happening. It won't work. Someone has stopped the power to the elevators. Kai Ken opens up the stairway and begins to walk up the stairway as one henchman comes down on him, trying to stab him. Kai Ken disposes this man in the most brutal brutal fashion you've ever seen, slicing him up in 10 different pieces. His bloodlust is building. He gets to the first floor, finds 10 henchmen there awaiting him, kills them all. The CEO is not on this floor. He works his way up, the second, the third, leaving dead bodies and body parts on each floor for someone else to clean up. Finally, Yukai Ken gets to the eighth floor, kicks open the door, and to his chest plunges a knife. He retaliates, takes off the arm, and leaves the knife in his chest. 
in order to not pull it out and begin the bleed. He steps into the floor, and unlike all the other floors that are more regular desks or labs, this one's different. You can tell it's for executives. You see the placard outside in the door that has the CEO's name. Yukai Ken kicks open that door, and in the middle of the room is the CEO at her desk. He has his sword out, ready to take off her head. She tells him it's nice to finally meet his acquaintance. She's been hearing that she's been giving him all sorts of hell all evening. And for what? This one laptop? The cure? She could have given him medication to keep his mother alive until her natural dying days, but he decided not to follow through on his task. What is she supposed to do? What would he do? Didn't follow instructions. His mother's death is on his hands, not hers. Yukai Ken, fed up with her nonsense, charges her. Just as he's about to reach, the sword comes flying in from the side towards his face. He blocks it, jumps back. The two assassins from before, the Texan and the sniper, are in the room. But now the sniper has a long spear with an energy blade at the end. One swipe of this thing and you're done. The sniper tells him, it's nice to see you again, boy. While at the same time, this, excuse me, the Texan tells him, it's nice to see you again, boy. The sniper looks at him and says, we finally meet in person instead of a long distance. CEO presses a button. And just like that, the floor drops. She escapes. Assassins begin to encircle Yukai Ken. You feel the buildup. You feel the tension. You feel the energy rise. Who's going to do the first strike? They circle. Yukai Ken, waiting. The sniperman goes in for the spear, gets blocked. The battle begins. Yukai Ken is blocking, ducking, slicing. Then the Texan cuts him deeply into his chest, almost taken off his arm, but somehow is still attached. This fight has now taken on a new meaning. The assassin with the spear lunges forward and gets a good clean cut down on his thigh. Now Yukai Ken is slowing down. He retaliates, chops off the hand of the assassin with the spear. Now they have to wield this thing with one hand. The Texan tries to come. The Texan brings out something that he hasn't used. A long cowboy whip. Whips him, tries to pull Yukai Ken. Yukai Ken grabs the whip. Yanks the whip towards him, and with one swipe, slices right through the cowboy. Cowboy lays on the ground. His cowboy hat falls off. He's toast. The spearman tries to wield a spear with one hand, slicing and stabbing. Yukai Ken cuts the spear in half with his sword. The assassin looks at the tip, shocked that this could even happen. And as they do, Yukai Ken plunges his katana straight through their heart. It's a slow, painful death. Pushes it in, pushes it in, rips it out from the side. Gruesome. Person falls, organs begin to pop out. Now, he has to still attend to the CEO. The CEO's in their fancy car driving away. It's like a limousine that, self, that can self-drive. She thinks she's on, she thinks she's on her way home. She thinks she's home free. And all of a sudden, you hear a thump on the roof. It 
Theo, CEO almost spills her champagne. Then the laser sword, Katana comes right through the roof, rips it clean open like something from the Hulk. The roof is pulled apart from where it was cut. Yukai can't stands there in the rain on top of this limo roof and shouts down to her, you thought this was finished? He drops into the CEO, drops into the limo, takes a seat across from the CEO, pours himself a drink of her champagne. The CEO says, listen, I can give you anything you want. Any favor you ask for is yours. You want a blank check? You have it. The things we do are more important than one person's death. We're providing a cure, we're providing medication for the whole world to continue to survive. If you kill me, not only will you stop medication, but you'll have no chance of getting out the cure. Yukai Ken takes it in and then replies, I'll release the cure, the formulation to the world. Someone will finish what was started. And with that, plunges his sword straight through her body killing her, jumps out of the car, walks down the street, covered in blood, beaten up, stabbed. A knife is still plunged into the side of his body. We fade to black, maybe thinking he has died. As that happens, they come back alive again and the newscaster from before is on. This just in, CEO of Evil Corp has been found dead in their self-drive limousine. We are unsure of who committed this crime at the time, but police are looking into the matter and we'll have an update for you shortly. We also would like to report that in some miraculous way, the cure for the formulation of this terrible disease that has ravaged our world and our societies has been released to the internet. CEOs from all over the world working on a cure said this has been one of the best things to ever happen in this year and gives hope to a brighter future. With that, the newscast ends, and we end our story. There we go. Oh, that's a fun one. That's a fun one. Oh, that's like a straight up <laughs> action fighting. There's just nothing but just pure death in this story. That's right. Retaliation, death, and revenge. But no, that was fun. Again, I think with some more work. We can get very interesting with some imagination on like how we go about knocking people off, so to speak. Some people deserve worse than others, but that was super good. Yeah, no, that was a fun one. It was like reminding me of this movie I watched a while ago called I think it was Bullet Train. I think it's Tarantino. Yeah, it's literally like they were just fighting on this train Mm. against other killers the whole entire time. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard of it. I have to watch it though. But all right, let's see. Yeah. Time to see what they comes up with. He says version four. Oh, that's right. That's it. Yeah. GPT four. Can you come up with a story using the words chocolate flavor, reproduce, and acquaintance as words or themes in the story? Make it about a futuristic assassin who's fighting to fighting for a cure for an incurable disease i think that's a good enough prompt let's see what we got here see what 
Oh, titled The Bittersweet Contract. In the year 2187, the world was afflicted by a devastating, incurable disease called NoCRA-9. Ravaged the earth, turning cities into ghost towns and civilizations into memories. While the wealthy lived in protected sanctuaries, the rest of the humanity suffered in the disease's cruel grasp. Amidst this chaos, a highly skilled and enigmatic assassin named Zara navigated the desolated landscape. Her missions were simple, eliminate those who sought to exploit the disease for personal gain. Her sharp mind and lethal techniques made her an unstoppable force, but her ruthless exterior, Zara harbored a secret. She too was a victim of Nocere 9, with only mm. months to live. One fateful day, Zara received a mysterious message from a long-lost acquaintance, Dr. Serafina Whitaker. Serafina was a renowned tist who had been working tirelessly to find a cure for Nor Nocere 9. The message revealed that she was on the brink of a groundbreaking discovery, but she needed Zara's help to ensure her research would be used for the greater good. In exchange for this favor, Serafina promised Zara a chance to obtain the cure, granting her a new lease on life. With nothing left to lose, nothing to lose and everything to gain, Zara agreed to the task. She would protect the doctor's research from those who wished to seize it for nefarious purposes. Serafina's lab was hidden in an underground facility with this location masked by the remnants of an abandoned chocolate factory. Once rich, the delightful flavor of the chocolate had given away to the cold, metallic air of the lab, or Serafina toiled day and night. Zara's first challenge was to infiltrate the factory, which was now guarded by an army of genetically enhanced soldiers. These soldiers were engineered to reproduce at an alarming rate, making it nearly impossible to eradicate them. <laughs> Using her advanced stealth technology and combat skills, Zara eliminated the soldiers one by one as she made her way deeper into the facility. After securing the entrance, Zara finally reached Serafina's lab. The doctor was a sight to behold, her eyes wary yet determined as she continued to work. Serafina greeted Zara with a warm smile and heartfelt thanks, handing her a vial containing the cure for Nocere 9. Before they could celebrate, however, an explosion rocked the facility, signaling the arrival of a rival faction. Zara knew they were that they were there to seize the research and would stop at nothing to ensure their victory. With newfound purpose, she vowed to protect Serafina and the cure at all costs. Battles ensued, a whirlwind of violence that tested Zara's every skill. Yet she held strong, fighting for the chance to save not only herself, but the countless others from Nocere 9. In the end, Zara stood triumphant, the defeated enemies lying at her feet. With the rival faction vanquished, Serafina made their way to the surface, where the sun shone brightly, a symbol of hope for humanity. Together, they would work to distribute the cure, healing the world one person at a time. And as for Zara, she continued her fight against those who threatened humanity's survival, armed with the knowledge that her efforts would bring about a brighter future. In the end, the flavor of the chocolate factory would be remembered not only as a bitter reminder of the past, but as a sweet taste of hope for a better tomorrow. That is probably the best story that, that this thing has ever spit out. Yeah, no, I don't know why. No, it is. It definitely is. It, that was pretty good. I like the use of the re, like the reproducing of these enemies that like just keep reproducing. Like I was like, oh, that's smart idea. I think, like the use of the chocolate and like the way they played on the words. Yeah, not only is a bitter reminder of the past and a sweet taste for it's getting smarter, but. I still don't think the use of the chocolate was that interesting. 
like the chocolate factory. Sure. No, they were just in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Yeah, you know. They did the research. I think it's a good story. It's a good story. It's a bit contained because, like, basically the story is protect the, the researcher, protect me, fight ensues, all in the same place, and then, like, there's a brighter tomorrow. So it's, like, a very simplistic s story and contained. I think it's a very good, the logic follows through way better than any story that has ever spat out. But not the other better ones. than version three. Yeah. <laughs> the other ones weren't like necessarily illogical, but like this one feels more whole. It's just super contained. Like the magic, like it doesn't think or imagine like it can go outside the walls of just, okay, we get to this one place, fight ensues here. And then like you win. It's like, give us a journey. Yeah. You know, some kind of adventure where we have to go through multiple stages and go to multiple places and travel a bit and conquer and get hurt, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the only thing I really see as like a main issue. I'm just like, yeah, there's some things that I wouldn't prefer, but like, it makes sense. I just wish it was more adventurous. Our story is probably more interesting in terms of plot and just overall character building. But in terms of detail and just story together, this version is definitely better than the previous version. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I think if for our story, we're like right here and this thing is like, it's touch, very close. It's touching. It's pretty close. It's touch. getting closer. It's getting closer. For our money here, man. Version five. I don't even know what version five is going to look like. Version five is going to tell us not to even bother writing. Says, we I might be you. using version five to start writing. Exactly. We're like, I got you. Don't even start writing. All right. It's time to come up with the title. That's right. Wrap this story up. Yokai Ken in the chocolate bar. Chocolate <laughs> assassin. He's also Afro. You know what I mean? He's black, chocolate. And he eats chocolate. The chocolate assassin. The chocolate assassin. <laughs> no. Even like Yokai Ken is pretty good. Spectre Yo Sword. Yokai Ken's Revenge. Yokai Ken. What we name? I keep. I forgot what we na named the antagonist. So, Morikawa. Morikawa's Morikawa's mistake. The incurable. It, it, whatever it is, it needs to kind of play into like this is an action. This is an action story. Like this is, you know, there's some heartfelt stuff, but it's an action story. I think Yokai Ken sounds pretty good. Yokai Ken's revenge. Yokai Ken. Yokai Ken. The stolen cure. Yokai Ken and his sword of justice. Yokai Ken, the chocolate sword, the chocolate blade, choco blade. The story of Yokai Ken. Yokai Ken. Oh, wait. Yokai Ken's. Yokai Ken and the bitter end. Yokai Ken's bittersweet ending. Oh, the vengeance of Yokai Ken. Yokai Ken's vengeance. Yokai Ken's Vengeance. Yokai Ken's Bloodlust. Yokai Ken's Vengeance. Retribution. No, Vengeance. Yeah, that's better. Yokai Ken's Vengeance. That's not bad. Alright, that's what we'll go with. Sure Yokai Ken's Bittersweet Vengeance. They're adding adjectives. Yokai Ken's Vengeance. Alright, that is Yokai Ken's Vengeance for episode 16. 
We'll be back next week with a new set of words and a new story. So thank you guys for tuning in. Yes, thank you. Thank you.